Hello, this is Joe McGee. Welcome to our podcast. Make sure that you subscribe and please share the podcast with your friends. That is the number one way you can help us reach people with God's love and healing. We love you guys. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Hey everybody, it's Through the Bible with Joe McGee. We're going from Genesis to Revelation in chronological order, not in the way the Bible's written. The Bible's written the longest book to the shortest book. We're going in chronological order as it actually happened. So today we're picking up in Judges chapter 3. So if you got your Bible, you like to read along. Uh, I, I tell people I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It's the one I like to preach out of and teach out of because it's a, it's a real nice translation. It's like a greased banana peel. Moves real smooth. Now, I tell people I've not left the King James. I still study the King James. I just don't speak King James. So here we are in Judges chapter 3 and verse 1 about the nations that were left in Canaan. So verse 1, these are the nations that the Lord left in the land to test those Israelites who had uh, uh, who had not experienced the wars of Canaan. He did this to teach warfare to generations of Israelites who had no experience in battle. What's God doing? He's going to teach them about war. He's going to teach what? He's trying to teach them how to fight. <laughs> it's in the Bible. I'll just read it again. He said, he did this. Why did he leave that? He did this to teach warfare to generations of Israelites who had no experience in battle. These are the nations uh, uh, of, the, of the Philistines living there under the five Philistine rulers, the Canaanites, Sidonites, the Hivites, and the mountain country, the Lebanon, from Mount Baal to Alebo. These people left there to test the Israelites see whether they would obey the commands of the Lord that he had given to their ancestors through Moses. What's God doing? He's tested. Are you going to obey me or not? Are you going to obey me or not? You've never been tested before. I'm about to test you to see where your faith is. I know where it is, but you don't know where it is. So I'm going to let you find out. So in verse 5, so the people of Israel lived among the Canaanites, Hittites, the Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, the Jebusites, and they intermarried with them. Israelite sons married their daughters. Israelite daughters were given in marriage to the sons, and the Israelites served their gods. What's going to happen? God is about to get watered down. Verse 7, the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. They forgot about their God, and they served images of Baal and Asheroth poles. Then the Lord burned with anger against Israel. He turned against them, and he turned them over to King Kushan and the other king, and Israelites served Kushan for eight years. God said, you're going to have victory. You're going to become a slave to these other heathen nations. That wasn't my plan, but you did this to yourself. Verse 9, but when the people of Israel cried out, so that the Lord cried out to the Lord for help, the Lord raised up a rescue to save them. His name was Othniel, the son of Caleb's younger brother. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. He became Israel's judge. He went to war against King Kushan and the other ones, and the Lord gave him a victory over them. So there was peace in the land for 40 years. Then Othniel died. God said, I'm going to raise up a guy. He's going to lead you. You're going to follow. I'm going to give you victory. But eventually he's going to get old and die. So what's going to happen? Well, you get to choose again. Verse 12. Once again, after Athenel died, once again the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. And the Lord gave King Eglon of Moab control over the Israelites 
because of their evil. Well, as long as they were serving God, but you know, we need a leader. Everybody needs a leader. That's why the Bible says we're to pray for those in authority, that we might lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. You should pray for your leaders. Whether you voted for them or not, you need to pray for your leaders. Why? Uh, you know, Daniel did that. He's he's under that heathen king, but he prayed for him three times a day. Why? God told him to. If you want to have a long, peaceful life, you need to pray that the king has a long, peaceful life. Was he going to get saved? No, he's going to turn to a billy goat and eat grass for seven years. But I need you to pray for him every day, Daniel. And he did. So then you have verse 12. Once again, the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight, and the Lord gave King Eglon of Moab control over them because they're evil. Eglon uh, enlisted the Ammonites and the Malachites as allies. And then he went out and defeated Israel, taking possession of Jericho, the city of the plains. And the Israelites served Eglon of Moab for 18 years. When the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help, the Lord again raised up a rescuer to save them. His name is Ehud, E-H-U-D, Ehud. And so, uh, son of a girl, a left-handed man of the tribe of Benjamin. The Israelites sent Ehud to deliver the tribute money to the king, Eglon of Moab. So Ehud was a, a carried, made a double-edged dagger uh, that was about a foot long, and he strapped it in his right thigh, keeping it hidden under his clothing. He brought tribute and money to Eglon, who was very fat. This is the heathen king. He's a fat old boy. And so when he goes down to Bisdom, he's got a because they, they check you for security. There's nothing new under the sun. Thousand years ago, they check for security. So you got anything on you? No, but it, he had it hidden under his right thigh. So said, uh, so after delivering payment, Ehud started home with those who had helped carry the tribute. But when Ehud reached, reached the stone idols near Gilgal, he turned back. He came back to Eglon and said, I have a secret message for you. So the king commanded his servants, be quiet, and he sent them all out of the room. Ehud walked over to Eglon, who was sitting alone in a cool upstairs room. And Ehud said, I have a message from the God and from God for you. And King Eglon rose from his seat. He had reached with his left hand, pulled out the dagger, strapped uh, that he had strapped his right thigh, and he plunged it until the king's belly fat covered it up. The dagger was so deep that the handle disappeared beneath the king's fat. Now, that's pretty detail. I mean, is it getting any detail for you? And so uh, Ehud did not pull out the dagger. The king's bowels emptied. Then Ehud closed and locked the doors of the room and escaped down a... Uh, down the latrine, he got out through the bathroom. After Ehud was gone, the king's servants returned and found the king's doors of the upstairs room locked, so that well he might be using the latrine in the room. So they waited. When the king, king didn't come out for a long time, they became concerned. And they got a key. When they opened the door, they found their master dead on the floor. While the servants were waiting and waiting. Ehud had escaped, passing the stone idols on his way. Uh, when he arrived to the hill country of Ephraim, Ehud sounded a call to arms. Then he led a band of Israelites down from the hills. Follow me, he said, for the Lord has given you victory over Moab, your enemy. So they followed him, and the Israelites took control of the shallow crossings of the Jordan 
uh, river across from Moab, preventing anyone from crossing. They attacked the Moabites and killed about 10,000 of their stronger, most, most able-bodied warriors. None, not one of them escaped. So Moab was conquered by Israel that day, and it was peace and land for 80 years. Well, what happened? Well, you heard, he had a plan. God gave him a plan. Uh, he knows the king. He's, they're going to pay tribute to this king that's conquering all of his people. So he straps the knife, one foot long knife, to his inner thigh, and he covers it up with his clothing. He goes in to take the money that they're paying to the heathen king, and he gives tribute. And so they're leaving on their way back to their home. He says, now nah, I'm going to go back. So he goes back, goes and tells the king, I've got a secret message from it from God, from my God. And so, well, so the king sends everybody out of the room except him and Ehud. So he said, what is it? So he leans in, and Ehud reaches down, grabs the knife out from his inner thigh, and plugs it into the big king's fat stomach. He was so fat, his belly fat covered the knife up. And so he fell to the floor. So Ehud left, locked the door. He's going back. Well, the people come in later on. What's the king doing? Well, he's got the door locked. He's probably going to the bathroom. That's what it says in the Bible. Probably having a bowel moving in there. So we'll just leave him alone, give him time. Well, eventually he didn't come out. Man, it's an awful long bowel movement. So they kicked the door, and they realized the king's dead. You know, he's so fat, he's dead. And so he goes back, tells about kill the king, and they're going to go back. So um, verse 29, I'll read this one more time. They attacked the Moabites and killed about 10,000 of their strongest most able-bodied warriors. Not one of them escaped. So Moab was conquered by Israel that day, and there was peace land for 80 years. And after Ehud, son of Moth, rescued Israel, he once killed 600 Philistines with an ox goad. Now, that is, I preached this one time when I was teaching Bible to high school kids. I got uh, two other places in Scripture where it goes a little more detail. Ehud killed 600 Philistines in one day with an ox goat. What is that? It's a bone of an ox, dead ox. Picked it up off the ground. He just starts slapping people. Whop, whop, whop. So in one day, not with a spear, not with a sword, with an ox goad, he killed 600 of the enemy. And he was wore out. I mean, can you imagine? It'd be one thing to kill two guys. Well, two, you kill two? No, I kill 600 today. What? Nonstop, I kill 600 of the enemy today. And so it starts out in chapter 4, after he had his death, the Israelites did again evil in the Lord's sight. So it's back and forth, back and forth. You find a great leader, you lead them, the people will follow. The leader dies, people go stupid. We need, we need to find another great leader, people will follow them, they're blessed. Leader dies, people go back. Everybody needs a leader. A home needs a leader. A community needs a leader. Needs a leader. Every community needs a church. You need to follow your path. There are no perfect humans that don't exist. But there are certain people we're supposed to follow. We're supposed to pray for all those positions of authority in our federal, state, and local government that we might live a quiet and peaceful life in all God is not us. So God's got a plan set up however we're living this planet. Yeah, I know this planet's an alien world. Satan is the temporary God of this planet. And he kills, steals, destroys, John 10, 10. But we're not part of this world. We've been taken out of the kingdom of darkness 
placed in the kingdom of God as their son. We belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's our Lord. We're on an alien planet, but we're behind enemy lines. That's why we got to wear the armor of God, Ephesians 6, breastplate of righteousness, sword of the spirit, helmet of salvation. Put on your armor, not just for eight hours, but 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We know who we are in him, in whom, in Christ. And we live our life with great joy, with great victory, great honor. But we do have to fight. There's an enemy to be resisted every day. Well, I'd be glad I get so saved, I don't have to fight anymore. That'll never happen. As long as we're here on this planet, where Satan is a temporary godless planet, there's going to be something to overcome. There's going to be opposition. So that's why the Bible says we're more than conquerors. Uh, we're overcomers. We've been promised victory, but we have to fight. So as a parent, I used to tell my kids, go through all the scriptures, and we'd read Bible story, you know, something every day, driving to school. And be short. most of them be short, some a little longer. We tell stories about the heroes of faith in the Bible. I remember telling the story about Ehud, how God gave him great victory. But after he died, the whole nation went back to sin. Yeah, but God took this one man and he saved him, and he rallied him, and he killed the heathen king. Oh, we're all excited. But when he died, people never grew themselves. They'd follow somebody, but they didn't want to grow themselves. And there's a lot of people like that that, well, I'll do what Pastor says, but I don't read my own Bible. I don't understand. It's too thick. Well, you need to read your own Bible. The Bible says, Study to show yourself approved. A workman need not be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Uh, you know, you, we got to meditate in the word day and night. Then we'll prosper good success. So we got to get our own Bible over. So I tell people, just read a proverb a day. Read a psalm every day. It won't take three minutes, maybe five, the most. If it's a long psalm or a long proverb, but just read one a day. And that gives God something to work with. God said, I'll watch over my word performing. Not my word, his word. What does this word say? Well, I don't know. I haven't read it. Because I tell people, you know, you go to sleep at night, your brain leaks out on your pillow. The next day, you got to shove some back in. Every day, you got to meditate in the word day and night. Then we're going to be blessed. So, great lesson. Ehud's delivered. They're going to do good. And so we're moving on through the promised land. So tune in next time. We'll pick up another story. God bless, guys. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to hear more of what God can do in your life. It's got a great future for you and your family, and we're here to help you get there. Please make sure you visit Joe McGee Ministries on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. There you find all of our Friday funny videos and other encouraging resources for you and your family. While you're at it, be sure to visit JoeMcGee.com. We have all sorts of materials, books, DVDs, you name it, all there to help you, your marriage, and your family succeed.